Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I tell people every week it's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. And people always talk about their gifts and their passions. If you have a gift, lead with your gift. And if you don't, if you're gonna do that, then don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. People always talk about the interviews I have on the show. It's feel like I'm always reminding people what I'm trying to do with money-making conversations. Yes, I have celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and what I like to call industry decision-makers on money-making conversation. My goal is to get them to tell you about their secrets to their success, their nuggets. Drop some gems on you. You hear these gems, you use them. But it's going to be tied to work. Nothing is luck. Nothing is being at the right place at the right time. It's all tied to proper planning, proper effort, and realizing that, hey, you can't be selfish in pursuing your own dream. You have to put forth effort. My next guest is Marcus Davis. Been knowing him a long time, straight out of Houston, Texas. He is the host of Fish, Grits, and Politics. He is an entrepreneur, restaurant owner, and motivational speaker. Like I said earlier, he's located in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Marcus is the spirit and entrepreneurial mastermind behind the Breakfast Club, which is nationally recognized. It first came to fame on Oprah way back in. I had the blessing of inviting him on the Steve Harvey talk show. Blew him up even more. If you go there right now, there's a line at the door. The people are nice. The food is great. The reggae hut, the alley cat bar and loud, and the culture. He's best known for his charismatic personality, authentic customer appreciation, and his tireless commitment to the community. That's what he is. Marcus restaurants are rooted in principles of faith, family, community with a K, and empowerment. They treat every customer like family and believe that family is the cornerstone of any community. So as they place an emphasis on supporting activities and causes that enrich and strengthen family. He has created one of the most phenomenal restaurant success stories in the country. If you landed in an intercontinental airport, it's there. His footprint is there. When I saw that man, I damn near cried, brother. I was so proud of this brother, man. The breakfast, the breakfast club at, you know, yeah. What's that? That, that terminal is my Delta terminal. That's when I fly to the Delta terminal over there. Uh, please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Marcus Davis. How you doing, Marcus? Man, after after listening to you and that 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 interview, <laughs> uh, man, I'm feeling great. You just made me feel real, real well, good. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. Every time, because I, I fly on Delta, I'm based in Atlanta, so I always fly yeah. on Delta. And when I when I first landed, man, and I was telling my wife, I said, I think my boy. I think they putting some up at the uh, Intercontinental Airport. And she said, "What? I think I think he's at Intercontinental Airport now." So, <laughs> your restaurant, black owned, right, being at right. uh, one of the busiest airports in the country. So right. Walk us through wow. the steps of how that came about, Marcus, in Houston, Texas, and knowing the journey of the Breakfast Club. Well, you know, it, it's funny you say that because uh, um, I I've never been. Uh, gung-ho about the airport. I know a lot of people in business, a lot of people in restaurant, uh, they are airport, airport, airport. And I'm a street side guy. And, and I was like, man, I, give me a good location on the street side and, I, and I'll be good. And, you know, years ago, we started getting approached with questions about uh, being in the airport, but we never pursued it. 
And then I got to working on the, the Convention and Visitors Bureau board. I was on the board here in Houston uh, to talk about, you know, visitors, who comes right. here, how do we get more here, how do we elevate the, uh, the brand of the city, uh, the awareness of what Houston is about, how much better than Atlanta it really is, and all that good stuff. So <laughs> you see I, sli- <laughs> see, I slid that in there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I'm ignoring you. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> but And, and, and while, while doing that, you know, I saw that there was a need uh, to, I, I believe in uh, my definition of entrepreneurship, let's just start that off, is filling a void in the marketplace that the marketplace is calling for consciously or subconsciously. Entrepreneurship, filling a void in the marketplace that the marketplace is calling for consciously or subconsciously. Right. And one of the things we discovered was that people who came to Houston didn't really get the taste of Houston because of the number of flights that came into the airport uh, with people just transferring uh, to another plane, to another city, and never knowing the great food that we, the great culinary city that, 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 that we are. So there was this effort to, one, bring about the, the notoriety, but two, uh, the need to put concepts in in uh, into the space. So I felt compelled, uh, being an ambassador of my city, being uh, you know one to put on for my city and rep for my city. Right. Uh, I felt compelled to to make it a point to be a part uh, of that. I can't talk about it if I'm not going to be about it. But to to, uh, to your other point, uh, I, I I have found how how great it is to be a black owned restaurant in the airport simply because it's in a space that African-Americans typically say we're not in. Yes. And so to have African-American representation in that space uh, was 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 quite gratifying and, and part of the goal, part of the motive. Well, you know, it's really, uh, and I say this, and I'm going to stay on this for a minute, being that, um, you know, you do have a, I'm in Atlanta, so, you know, this is a city that's recognized for black forward movement. You know, right. uh, you know there are a number of black entrepreneurs who do have restaurants at Hartsfield Airport, which is right. classified as the biggest air, busiest airport in the world. And right. so, I've had people, friends of mine, sending photos, uh, like you, you're turning your restaurant over at the Intercom Airport into a, a tour spot out of right. pride, and say, you know, taking pictures of the food, say they ate here. Talk about just slow it down, man, because we know where the original spot is, okay? Right. And then be at the airport. You know, I know you. I know you. You've been in the public side, been doing the morning show, doing public awareness, and uh, putting the, basically being the voice of the people on the radio in Houston, Texas, Marcus. Yes, sir. But to be part of something that you know is different, and that was being at the airport. Really talk about how people, the pride that people really took it to the next level with you. They also saw it as a possibility it can be them too. Right, right, and and you know we we're getting ready to celebrate uh, our twentieth year in business this fall, and and I, I look forward to you having me back on to talk about that in in the fall. Absolutely, we, we're getting ready to celebrate our twentieth year in business, and the 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 motto that I'm rolling with is twenty years of uh, inspiration. We've been on the corner of Travis and Alabama, inspiring our community for uh, over twenty years, inspiring entrepreneurship for 20, 20 years. So to answer your question about what does that feel like, it feels the same way as it does when we unlock the doors at 3711 Travis. To see the number of people that come through the door that are amazed, that are fascinated, that are impressed, that are proud of uh, this establishment 
uh, when they look and they whisper and they lean over and say, is this black on? And you tell them, yes, it is. <laughs> or I'll pull one of these, one of these numbers. Yes, uh-huh. and, 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 and they are excited because they had a great experience. Right. Uh, the professionalism, uh, the quality of the product, quality of the service, quality of the people that serve them uh, was, was fascinating to them. So um, we, wear, we wear that with pride. Similarly, when we stepped into a new space that we knew was a, uh, a travel space, a space uh, that brought people from all over the world, we knew that we were stepping it up to another level. So uh, it gave us an opportunity to want to be on a bigger platform uh, for guests, but more importantly, uh, on a bigger platform for entrepreneurs to see what is possible, what we're capable of doing. Hey, Marcus, but, uh, I, you know, talking but I'm, again, I'm a, I'm a street side guy. Man. <laughs> I know, but you know, but, but I, you're a smart I'm, guy. I'm, because, I'm a street side guy. But you're a smart guy because of the fact that when people give you a shot, an opportunity, you deliver. And when I say that, we're going to go back to Oprah. You know, giving an opportunity to feature your your brand. And this was right. open when she was on every day, five days a week, when everybody was watching her. And and then because even today, man, you have people lining up to come into your restaurant. That's 20 years, man. I'm talking about if yeah. you I, I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen. You go, you try to just think you're just gonna walk into his restaurant, that's not <laughs> going to happen. Well, if if you tell them, if you tell them that uh Put it on Rashawn's tab, then you know. We, it, it. <laughs> Don't do it like that, Marcus. Are you talking about you gonna be back on my show in the fall? No, hey, you celebrate know, twenty you know years. Be here, right? like, I'm with Rashawn. <laughs> you know, because I, 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 because I've eaten there several times, and like I said, I've, I've done my duty. I, I, I you know, I, you're gonna do it two ways, team. You're gonna get there when the restaurant immediately opens up, right. then you can slide on in or slide on in. But you let an hour or two hours slide in, you're going to be in line at the breakfast club. And you yeah, we, 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 we do. We, man, I am grateful that people support us in an outrageous fashion. You yes. know, people come in and they say, hey, man, I'm proud of y'all. And I tell them, no, I'm proud of y'all. Y'all yes. are the ones that showed up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I share with my team. Every morning when you show up at, at, at 7 a.m., every morning when we unlock the door, uh, the first guest that walks through the door gets a round of applause from our staff, mm-hmm. right, from our team. Mm-hmm. And the reason is uh, I try and share with my team that, one, we can never take for granted that when we unlock that door, somebody's going to walk in. Mm-hmm. We have to be grateful for every single person that walks into that door. Mm-hmm. We have to show them mm-hmm. the gratitude that they deserve for choosing us mm-hmm. uh, as their destination for dining mm-hmm. over the other 999 restaurants that are in the city of Houston. So um, I, we, 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 we are extremely grateful of the number of people that come from within the city, uh, within the state, uh, from throughout the country and beyond uh, the Atlantic and the Pacific uh, to visit 3711 Traps. I'm going to brag a little bit. Um, I, I, I tell folks, we we, we did this pre-IG. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> you Instagram, know, you know, right. You know, you know, you know, you know how, you, how you date things by BC and AD? Right, 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 right. I, right. I, I, I tell, I tell, I tell, I tell these young cats that's doing well and congratulations to them, to mm-hmm. all the ones that are, yes. you know, having success today. I said, but holler at your boy when you've been doing it for two decades. Yes, sir. And 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 check this out. We we created that buzz with no Instagram, absolutely, with no Facebook. That, that's why that's, no that's why I want to right. slow it down with you because you know, yeah. Marcus and I, you know, because first he's naturally funny. He's as you can hear in his interview, he's a, he's a natural <laughs> entertainer. And amidst all that, sometimes you can go past the hard work, the commitment, and the planning. 
and the professionalism. Because I'm telling you, you go into any of his restaurants, it is a professionalism. And I'm going to tell you something, what happens with black businesses, because sometimes people kind of like knock us, you know, you know, the service, the food quality and all that stuff. And who do you compare it to? Now, if you know anything about Houston, Texas, it is the culinary game in Houston, Texas is a beast. I mean, it, 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 it is, it is, I mean, it's top notch. We, we, we have, I think at one point we were, we were the number one restaurant per square uh, foot uh, per capita in, in, in the nation, but we by far have, uh, uh, we rank in the top in the number of restaurants, the number of different cuisines yes. Uh, yes. That, that we have because of the diversity of the city and yes, flavor for sure. Woo! We, I, I, and, and look, look, I know, I know you love the A, but I tell you, man, the A can't touch the H when it comes to food. Man, they I, hey, don't get me can't. on the phone to call all the fellas. Don't get me on the phone to call around to all the cats in the H. We just need to go ahead and put it down. We just need to put it down. Hey, Mark, the Mark, well, this is what you're not going to do. In, 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 in restaurants. You're not, I'm not going to ever. I know. I was born and raised in Houston. The food in Houston, man, is a beast, dude. I mean, the seafood, the Mexican, uh, the Tex-Mex food, the, the, the barbecue cook barbecue. You can just shut it down. The breakfast spots. And so that leads me to the, my question is, you had this hit the breakfast club, and you needed to expand because you saw all of this diversity. You saw right. all of this opportunity and, and, and parlaying your reputation as a, of having a hit restaurant. Was that the need to expand into the reggae hut, the alley cat bar and lounge and the culture? So the, the, that need goes back to the original. And that's why I gave the definition at the beginning, because I'm always come back to it, filling the void in the marketplace that the marketplace is calling for consciously or subconsciously. And so the Breakfast Club was, was a response to Midtown not having a breakfast spot, uh, this new area of, of Houston that was Third Ward slash Fourth Ward that was created and turned into Midtown, uh, not having the, uh, a breakfast eatery. The city of Houston uh, having a, a, a space open for a Southern big bref, breakfast concept. And quite naturally, uh, quite honestly, rather, I, you know, I wanted a, you know, our goal from the get-go was to be synonymous with the city of Houston. I wanted people saying, when I go to Houston, I'm going to the breakfast club. I wanted that to move into, I am going to Houston because I want to go to the breakfast club. And now today, 20 years later, I tell folks, if you have been to Houston and have not been to the Breakfast Club, then you, my friend, have never been to Houston. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Talk, talk, talk the game because the game is you, my friend. Now, now let's but, talk about but, the- but, but I want to make sure I, I want to make sure I, I, answer, I answer your question. Uh, those those other concepts, the yes, reggae sir. hut, uh, Alicat Boring Lounge and culture were all birthed out of a need, listening to the marketplace yes. and what it was asking for, looking at the marketplace and seeing what's 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 not there and being the go-between which is the original definition of entrepreneur the undertaker the person who would take on uh this this challenge or this opportunity that that that's in front of us and so the reggae hut was an existing business the reggae had started five years before tbk the reggae had started and had its success when i was still a senior uh at, at texas yeah, absolutely and mm -hmm. then i and then i went off and came back and opened the breakfast club and it was still going and and as an institution in our community, our community wanted it to, to, to be open, to be whole. Uh, so when it started to have its, its, its troubles, uh, I put in to practice the fourth principle of Kwanzaa, which is cooperative economics. I took the money that the people were putting in the cash register uh, at 3711 Travis and went and saved, salvaged a concept in Third Ward that our community needed to have uh, sustained. And I say needed, and I close on this, I say needed because... 
in the African-American community, we are hurt every time one of our businesses closed. True. Right? It, 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 it tears at the moral and the morale fabric of, of our community. We may not express it. We may express it in the wrong way. Sometimes we may say stuff like, see there, I told you it was going to close. Right. And we're saying that out of, out of hurt, out of pain. Right. It is painful when our, when our businesses and our community close. So we, uh, 15 years ago, acquired the Reggae Hut to keep an institution in our community open, to keep a, an, an additional place for us to circulate our dollar. But, and, I mean, and to serve j- jerk chicken, of course. Absolutely, brother. <laughs> uh, jerk pork on my end. I know a lot of people. Oh, jerk oh, oh, oh hey, Come hey, on. have it. I mean, I got it for you. There I got you, it. You I know what I'm talking about? Festivals. I'm gonna go tell, tell Papa Henry. There you, you go. You there you go. But, you, but I'm, I'm gonna ask you this question, Marcus. One would say, okay, look, you got a popular. The Breakfast Club is popular. Why don't we see another Breakfast Club? You know, you know, they do it with Bojangles. They do it with, you know, Chick-fil-A. Why don't we have, like, I know you're at the airport, but why don't we have, yeah. like, four or five Breakfast Clubs with a K running around, this, running around the city of Houston and then expanding in Texas? Man, you, you, you bring up a, an absolute perfect point. I've got a meeting today with a brother who is, who is about to uh, do something super spectacular. Uh, there's a void in the marketplace, right? We, as African-Americans in the restaurant industry, the void that we have is there's not an African-American concept that stretches across a region. Yes. There's not an African-American concept that stretches across the nation. We don't have a national concept. We have, don't get me wrong, we have successful restaurant tours, brothers that can buy 100 uh, uh, Taco Bells or or what have you. Yes. But we have no concepts where we're selling 100 franchises. And that's where African-Americans have to graduate to if we're going to do this business thing seriously, right? If we're going to be serious about uh, uh, generational wealth, if we're going to be serious about uh, making rebuilding Black Wall Street, running it back, if we're going to be serious about building Wakanda, then we got to start with our dollar. And the only way we can get those, those, those things that you described, one to five, five to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 100 across the country, is if we're deliberate in our dollar. And that's where African-Americans have to step in and step up to the plate. And yes, we do need to make sure that the, the concepts that, that are presented are, are, are desirable, yes. uh, that they are palatable, that people love them, that they adore them, that they embrace them. But the one thing I do ask for the, from the marketplace, from the African-American marketplace, is fairness. Right. And when I say fairness, when we are judging businesses from restaurants on down, Keep that same energy because we will walk into a, a nail salon and let them talk dirt to us. Right. And we take it. Right. We will walk into a beauty salon and let them follow us along the uh, around the thing. And, and we still buy from them. Right. We will walk into a restaurant that has the highest level of discrimination. I mean, of, of a bad service, which is discrimination. And we will try and force them to take our dollar. Yes, you will. In 2021. Yes. We're mm-hmm. still trying to make somebody take our dollar. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so those days have to have to be gone. We have to have the same amount of patience and tolerance and persistence with building our business as we do with the tolerance that we have with others. Last one, on, on, on this note, last one. I, I just finished watching this the other night. Uh, when, when, when people ask, you know, well, how much tolerance, how much patience are we supposed to have? If you're talking about building your community for real, I encourage everybody to go back and look at the Montgomery uh, boycott, uh, West boycott. 381 days, that community was very intentional about accomplishing their goal. They had to do the big S, which we're not comfortable doing, 
which is to sacrifice. Yes. And if we want to rebuild Black Wall Street, if we want to build Wakanda, if we want a Fortune 500 restaurant company, if we want a, restaurant, a food service company traded on the NASDAQ, then we've got to be deliberate in where we circulate our dollars. I'm going I'm to I'm slow you down on that one because I love everything you say. All right. I'm going to slow All you right. down. Because, 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 you, know, you, know, you, know, you know I'm the son, grandson, and great-grandson of Black Baptist preacher. But, so. and, and guess what? I ain't ever going to stop you. I ain't ever going to stop you. Now, but as a I got black my microphone entre- around here somewhere. But as a black entrepreneur, you know, there's always been that fear. If I tell people who I am, will I get the same reaction? You know, especially from the white community. And then we, we, we had a great groundswell in 2020 that was led behind our tragic death of, you know, uh, of George, uh, Floyd. George Floyd. I apologize for forgetting his name. And uh, and so then all of a sudden the, engine, the, the corporation said, hey, we want to know if you are a black-owned business. Google actually went out and said, we have a yeah. little marker that you can actually say, if you're a minority business, check this. And so now you have mm-hmm. black businesses saying, you know, we can actually come out of the dark. And, and and be appreciated. You know, on time you would say you was a black business, you put your sign up so doing a riot, nobody would tear down your building. That's when you say you were black owned. Prior to that, you didn't want to recognize it at all, be recognized at all. But we now at a point differently, like you said, post-IG, and that's the life we live in now where you can be proud, you can brag, you can promote that you're a black owned business. Is that important, Marcus? Look, and, and and I wish those people that you're talking about, I wish you had, had pointed them out to me before, because I, I, you know, I don't know. How, and I've seen it. I, I, I'm aware. I, I, I've seen where people will make an effort to conceal or to. And and I, I just see I, I'll say this uh, uh, post-traumatic slave disorder is real. Right. Anytime you decide that you got to hide or uh, have a fear of letting people know who you are mm-hmm. uh, or what you're about. You know, I, I deliberately from day one, September. Uh, October uh, 2001, deliberately wanted folks to know that this was an African-American-owned establishment, right? Yes. Now, that didn't mean that all of our, all 100 seats were for African-Americans. It just meant that the person who had their name on the door, on, on the mortgage, on the lease, uh, on the permit, was African-American. But we're going to deliver a product that is good for the general market. And that was a goal. Right. Some reason for some reason, African-Americans, well, I, for the obvious reason that that, that phrase I just gave post-traumatic slave disorder, African-Americans have been denied the, the 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 knowledge that we have the ability to, to create a product for the general marketplace. We've been convinced that the only market, the only product that we can create for the general marketplace, not just for black folks, but yes. for the whole pie was whether we can run fast, we can jump high or whether we can sing, or whether we can dance. Those were the only places where we felt our gifts, our talents, our skills were worthy of the general marketplace. And I'm I'm here to say not so, right? I am here to build Black business. I am here to build Black business that will flourish in the general marketplace. Awesome. Now, that that leads me to your statement or your show, host of Fish, Grits, and Politics. (laughs) You know, because we've been actually having Fish, Grits, and Politics talk this entire interview. And that's how he is. You know, he's an entrepreneur. He's a game changer. And tell us about the show. Tell us about the uh, the need for the show and what's the goal of the show. So, you know, you mentioned in, in the, in the opening, I, I spent some time uh, doing <laughs> uh, commentary, yes, community yeah. voice, community activist, whatever title it, it, it is. And my big mouth got landed me a seat on the radio uh, sitting next to my mentor, uh, sister Dyer, aka Ada Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the, she was a radio host in Houston for 
uh, a number of years on a community program. And so I sat uh, at her at her foot and learned from her and then went on to become the host of Magic 102's Sunday Morning Live for uh, for 10 years. Yes. I don't know if 10 years. Yes. Thank you, Pauline. Said, okay, all right. Let me, let me not. Law damn person. See, he's seen me. I'm telling Marcus. Marcus has saw me all the way back to hip hop comedy stop. Comedy stop days. Oh, okay. So, no, man, look, I, you know, I, I had saved that. I had saved that to last, but since you brought it up, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it now. Entrepreneurship is contagious. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely contagious. Mm-hmm. The day that I walked into hip hop comedy stop, and I did the same thing that people walk into the brush club. It's black on. Yeah. It's us. And then your chest <laughs> swells up. You know, you stand a little taller. You know, you're here, you get a little higher. Because you know this is this is us doing something. So when I heard those commercials running with you and Brother David, uh, and I went in, I saw, and I went, and then I happened to go one night when Steve was there, and I just, you know, my rib is still cracked from <laughs> one of those late night shows, man, where I just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about it, Marcus, is that, you know, you, you, entrepreneurship is, 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 is contagious. So I, I have to tell you yes. that uh, that 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 was a source of fertilization uh, for the entrepreneurial uh, uh, seed that was inside of me. So I appreciate you and your brothers stepping out on faith and doing that. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I've looked at my life and I just like I said, I do it on faith. I do it on belief. I believe that somebody can't tell me no. If you're going to tell me no, you're going to have to tell me why. And it's because no stops a lot of people. When you tell me no, you have to tell me, explain. explain. Don't just tell me no. You have to explain to me the why. Because right, that right. way I can, if you tell me why and explain to me, I'm going to figure out that I can do it. Because well, and, and you know part of why that, why that is, Rashawn? Mm-hmm. I've, I've discovered. Part of why that is, and this goes back to your question about why not one, 10, 15, 20 stores. Yes, sir. Part of why the, you, you hear the no is because what people are doing is they're attempting to project their fear and their faithlessness onto you. Yes, yes. Right? What they're telling you, what they're saying when they say, no, you can't do it, is they're saying, I've seen that I can't do it. I don't have the faith to do it. So I'm telling you how I feel, and I'm going to project it onto you. I'm not saying that they're doing it deliberately. I think it's being done unconsciously, right? Right. Uh, but but people have to understand that you cannot allow others to project their fearfulness onto you. You've got to stand flat-footed and faithfully on the dream, the goal, the vision that was placed inside of you if you want it to come in, 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 into fruition. So <laughs> go, when, when the reason I mentioned the one, the 10, the 100 is because every time you have a restaurant concept and people talk about expanding, if you listen, the marketplace will tell you, oh, I, I, I've literally heard this. I took surveys and I've literally heard people say, don't do this. Every time we do this, we lose. Right. And I, I point out to one young lady, I said, I can guarantee you, I can, in your day, I can point out three or four concepts that you support that were once one store operations, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. When you go get your coffee in the morning at that buck place, they started out as a single store. Yes. When you go get your nuggets at that filet place, they started out as a single store. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, we are the ones that are financing a whole arm and leg of this growth, yes. of this expansion. Yes. yes, And so we just have to turn that faith around and believe that we have the ability. We already have the ability. You know, 
McDonald's don't run McDonald's 365 for no reason. They run 365 because we in that 365. 365. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Marcus, uh, first I'm sorry, of all, man. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I'll tell you something, man. I knew I was talking to you our conversation. Now, you know you're coming back for your 20th anniversary. Let's go and be real hey. about that. But but I just you want to get it. to these seasonings, these flavors behind you. Because you know I got a TV show called Rashawn's Kitchen now. Well, man, I could, a, little, a little birdie told me that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I got to get that stuff so I can start making stuff and start posting on my social media and support you this way. So tell us about the seasoning. Talk about the extension of going into online packaging and grocery stores and stuff like that. Because I got to feature this stuff on Roussan's Kitchen. I got a, I got a, I got a, a cook. I got, of course, you know, I can cook and bake. And so, and I just do it just uh, anywhere from beans to steaks to fish. Now everything. Talk about your whole line of seasoning and packaging. So yeah, so man, we um we have a line of products that give you the ability to uh, take us home with you, right? You can you can, you want that same great flavor of the chicken, you want that same great flavor of the fish, you want that same great fa- flavor of the waffle. Uh, then we have a lot of products. So we have we have our chicken fry, our fish fry, uh, we have our pancake and waffle mix, we have our coffee beans. Because uh, we are a full-service coffee shop. Yes, sir. Uh, you can get them whole bean or you can get them ground up. And then most importantly, last and most importantly, sorry, I'm going to do the selfless plug. We have we have our all-purpose seasoning, right? Ooh, that's what I want right there, brother, for my beans, that's it right here. for my greens, that, that, all that, that right that, there. Hey, look here, man, I'm going to tell you, look, look, uh, I tell folks, so my father, who was the, the, the biggest influence in my career, uh, because he was a great educator, he was a great musician, but... He was also a great chef. He was, a, I mean, his food was just absolutely dynamic. And he taught me what great, great flavor uh, actually was. And so uh, fortunately, his, his, my first year in business, he was here with me to help formulate uh, the recipes and, and, and the menu and all that good stuff. And this is a result of what he taught me. The uh, Breakfast and it Club is an signature season. season. It is the base for everything that we do at the Breakfast Club. And I tell people, because I've had people order it and, they, and they're like, man, I can't believe how good that was. I was like, you've eaten at the restaurant 37,000 times. <laughs> how not? I just, I just didn't know. Yes. So for those who cook, anywhere that you, and I'm not going to give nobody else no props, anywhere that you use those other people's seasoning, yes, right? Sir. Stop, put it down, and pick this up. So if you use that T word, yeah. substitute right here. If you use that slap your whatever, 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 yeah. substitute right here. <laughs> anywhere you use an all-purpose seasoning, I invite you to get the Breakfast Club seasoning and take us home with you, guaranteed. I'm just tell you this, Mark. Tastes like Rashawn. I'm tell you, Mark. Don't don't send me nothing. I'll be ordering that today, okay? <laughs> because you know me, I always support black businesses in, in that way. I know I use all-purpose seasoning. I have another young black lady who's really talented. I use her, and she's African American seasoning and stuff. But I gotta invite you into my kitchen, man, Rashawn's kitchen, talk oh, about your product and all that good stuff. But again, man, the greatest talker and motivator in the game, in the <laughs> restaurant game, his name is Marcus Davis. Straight out of Houston, Texas. He'll be back on in the fall celebrating the 20th year of the Breakfast Club in Houston, Texas, because we're going to talk about a lot of great things. Thank you for coming back on the show, man. You're a beautiful brother. You're beautiful. Man, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invite, man. You look great. You look fantastic. You look healthy. I'm glad glad you're taking care of yourself. We want you and need you here 
uh, for a couple more years, a few more years, a lot of more years. Thank you, so, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, 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 hey, man, and thank you. I got to tell you, you know, we, 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 we got some national recognition uh, in our first couple of years of business, but, man, we hit it big. We hit it big when Rashawn called and said, hey, man, y'all going to be on the Steve Harvey show. There I you said, go. hot damn. <laughs> love it, man. I love you, Marcus. Mama, man. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus, for coming on Money Making Conversations, brother. I appreciate you, brother. If you want to hear any of my interviews or see any of my interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.